Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Before we dive into the action, on Twitter, at Broads Media. We are running a giveaway right now where you can win a Bryce Harper jersey. It's pinned to the top of the profile. It's so simple. Retweet the tweet and hit that follow button. Also, if you're new to the channel, smash that subscribe button. We are on the road to 20,000 subscribers. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button as well. And with that, enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. Let's be very clear right from the jump. When I talk about the positives that I saw in this preseason game, that does not mean I believe the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. When I say something negative about this football team, that does not mean I don't believe that this squad will ever win one football game this season. So this is just preseason action, but I am going to dissect what I witnessed out there on the field. So before you get all crazy as I make a statement, let the light bulb go off in your head that I already accomplished my goal of describing to you that I am not going outrageous in one way or the other. This is just about what I saw in today's effort. And I have to begin with the head coach, Nick Sirianni, who has not called plays before. Not that he really showed us much. Not that he really showed you much about where the scheme is and all these details like we're going to see throughout the 17-game regular season. But what will his demeanor look like? How will his attitude look like? What will the approach be? And I saw, at least with the first stringers, which quite frankly, I don't care about the third stringers. I don't care about the busted coverages by the guys who are barely going to make the team if they do or if they're picked up off the streets by somebody else later on in the year. That is really, truly irrelevant to me. When we look at the way the first team and some of the second team guys were out there battling, they looked structured. It looked like they were on the same page. They were properly engaged. They were mentally prepared. They knew what they were supposed to do. They knew the routes. They were properly structured as a unit. And that is a big step (laughs) in the right direction based off of what we witnessed last season. It wasn't all beautiful drop passes, Jalen Rager and Zach Ertz, and that needs to get cleaned up. As much as I would love to say that when you get the timing down with your quarterback more and you go through more weeks of preseason and you go through more weeks of training camp, ultimately you guys will have a better connection, and there is truth to that. At the same time, there's always been guys that dropped passes and made mistakes and should have been smoother for so many damn years now. There's also an element where I think it's just... 
engraved in Philadelphia Eagles offense. I would love to be wrong. And like I said, of course, I'm being a little bit facetious here and I'm having some fun with it. Uh, But Zach Ertz does need to be able to make that catch. And he's made that catch 10 billion times throughout his damn career. So I wonder if there's a correlation between wearing the shorts inside out to not show the logo and everybody properly aware that he is unhappy here and there is a relationship that absolutely snapped between the Eagles front office, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, and Zach Ertz. So is he 1,000% in? And is that a product of maybe him being 70% in? Oh, I don't want to be a distraction. Yet you're wearing your shorts inside out and you're not all the way there. He led the team out of the tunnel, though. So if you want to take any sort of information from there, is that something? Is that him saying, hey, I'm still here? Once again, the shorts, and I know that sounds silly and sounds stupid and so small, but you're talking about such a pro's pro in Zach Ertz. Him doing that is something to me. I can't pretend as if that should just be crumbled up into the trash and never resurfaced once again. Leading the squad out of the tunnel, though, maybe there is a part of that leadership that it goes to the positive, while there's negatives too, that part of it goes to the positives. Jalen Hurts, I just talked about the preparation of the team, smooth. You think about it defensively as well. You know, you saw some big plays from Alex Singleton. You saw him running all around the field. You saw McPherson run around the field, and he's someone whose stock is rising, and there seems to be a lot of buzz about what he can create on the football field and the way that he has a great mind and is very structured. And you talk about the football IQ. He seems to he seems to have those intangibles 1,000%, the knowledge of what to do in certain situations. When you go to Jalen Hurts, the throw to Dallas Goddard for a 34-yard gain, perfect in stride. Dallas Goddard did the work afterwards. That was great touch, no doubt about it. What you heard, though, over the last handful of weeks was there's lots of ups and downs for Jalen Hurts. Made the good throws and then made some really poor throws, and there was sort of a balance of both of it. What I thought you saw was a missed throw to Quez Watkins, which could have been a touchdown, and you had to take advantage of that on the left side. Pocket was very clean. He had plenty of space. The, the, the moment was there for him, and he overshot Quez Watkins. That could have been his first touchdown of the day, and we know that he ran a 79-yard touchdown on a bubble screen, which, oh, by the way, the amount of times I've screamed that we have to utilize the speed that is sitting on this roster instead of tossing Alshon Jeffrey out of there for a four-yard gain. Did you see the way that he bursted late? Did you see the way that he exploded with his legs and he took off and nobody was touching his damn soul as he was mowing the grass down the sidelines for six points? That was magnificent. So you could have hit him earlier for a touchdown. That would have been his first. And the 79-yarder that Joe Flacco threw him would have been the second. That has to be accomplished. Now, this is when you learn that. This is when you make mistakes. And I don't really want to look at the New York Jets because they really don't mean a lot to me whatsoever. Zach Wilson, though, is struggling. And it's a hot topic around the National Football League. It doesn't look great. Making a lot of mistakes. But here's what I will say about his approach. I don't know if this ultimately means he's going to figure it out. It seems more of an excuse than it is him being so sharp and so smart, but the theory behind it is very logical. 
Why is he making so many mistakes in practice? Because this is where he's learning what needs to change. This is what where he's learning what he can get away with, what throws he can make, what throws he can't make, what defenders are like in this league, what the windows are like. So he's basically saying, I will fail in practice, and I'm totally okay with that, and this is how I am going to adapt as a quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts missing Quez Watkins, right now I'm okay with it because I feel that Jalen Hurts is the type of dude that would assess what happened, go back to the drawing board, go back to practice, go back to film, and allow that to eat him alive so damn much that the next time that he gets that opportunity, he's going to make sure he executes it. Now, I mean, his accuracy is a problem, so he's not just going to snap his fingers and his completion percentage is going to be 1,000. I thought it was pretty damn hysterical, though, because he finished 3 of 7 for 57, 54 yards, excuse me. And I don't think that really tells you how comfortable he looked and uh, how decent I thought he played for his very limited action and his very limited drives. But what I saw on Twitter was, if there weren't drop passes, he would have been 5 of 7, so it wouldn't have been as bad. Well, look, with all due respect, okay, the last quarterback that was in here who made some bad throws, whose accuracy definitely costed this team at times, and when there were wide open looks, he would put it behind them or he'd put it out of bounds or the ball would sail 50 yards over their heads. There were a lot of drop passes as well, and there was never that luxury of, well, if Nelson Aguilar caught this pass or if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside caught that pass, if you remember some crucial touchdown throws or throws that would have brought them within three or four yards from the end zone, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside would drop or a receiver would drop. No one would say, oh, but if you added that back to his stat sheet afterwards, it wouldn't have been as bad as what we saw. Please, that's totally unfair. But it was obvious that this Eagles coaching staff wanted to work on what they have been telling Jalen Hurts needs to improve. The footwork was a focus and getting the ball out of your hands and hitting your receivers with perfect timing and going through your progressions. That needs to absolutely be better, right? So when you look at their run-to-pass ratio, pass-to-run ratio, nine passes for every run. Let's get him throwing the football. Let's get him comfortable. He only ran outside of the pocket himself one time for a couple-yard gain. So it's clear, hey, we need this area to get sharper. We need you to run through your progressions in your head quicker. And when you have Brandon Brooks out there, when you have an offensive line that's not last year, which was totally destroyed and diminished by injuries, it makes you feel like you have the time in the pocket to make those throws, to look for your second receiver, to look for your third receiver. But something that I'm really interested about with this offense is the usage of these players and allowing them to work in space. Tyreek Hill is a fast, 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 fast human being. You know what's a smart idea? Give him the football and allow him to utilize those legs that make him a fast, 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 fast human being. Why are we overthinking this? Nick Sirianni has made this statement many, many times that he he wants to give the ball to these players and allow them to work in space and he wants to see their skill sets and put their positives and their strengths at the top of the list so when you go to certain players you know okay this is what he does well let's use what he does well and the sad thing is and this was brought up in the post game that now Quez Hawkins is Quez Watkins is no longer an unknown you're going to know about this dude and he could arguably be your second best wide receiver other than Devontae Smith. 
Jalen Rager, I saw one really nice route where uh, juke the defender, beautiful towards the sideline, gain of 13 yards, good separation, uh, very strong in that moment. But then you also see the dysfunction of Jalen Rager as well. I just I don't like something about his body language. I don't like something about his approach to the game. And I apply this to the social media side and, and how he's always focused on, I got to prove these people wrong. I got to do this. I got to do that. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Worry about being the best version of Jalen Rager. Don't worry about that guy, this guy, th- that individual. Who cares? Who cares? Go be the best version of Jalen Rager. And and it seems that Nick Sirianni is going to have to be tough on him. And everyone has to be coached differently. You coach Jalen Hurts differently from Devontae Smith, differently from Fletcher Cox, differently from Anthony Harris. Everyone has their own personal style that they need to be approached a certain way by a a coach. Jalen Rager, you're going to have to be on him. And it's nothing new to the wide receiver position. If there's any position that needs a, a lot more... I don't know, babysitting, I guess you, if you will, with some personalities. And there's so many different variants to that with Jalen Rager, a young dude who has untapped potential that you need to get the most out of him. And until he admits that there's more in there and until he, he, he proves and says, like, I, I know I got more. Let's go. Let's go. Push me. I need it until that all happens. And then the execution part happens. I don't know if you're going to fully get the best we can get out of Jalen Rager. He needs to know that there's another part to his game that has not been unlocked. And he's just in this weird mental spot right now. I don't know. I just don't know. And at the time of the draft, I did not mind Jalen Rager. I thought the reaction to him was a little bit overrated. Well, right now, I'm starting to feel disappointed on just the Jalen Rager experience. Just And look, I know the story about his friend and what he had to go through emotionally outside of football, and I'm not acting as if that is not important to the effect of somebody's life because it is. I know that it is. But coming into camp out of shape when you had the season that you had last year and you want to prove people wrong and you talk about all these individuals that are talking about you on social media and all you do is yap back, well, that's step one, and you came unprepared to camp. You can be impacted as a human being because of life outside of football. No doubt about it. There's also a such thing, though, at the same time of being ready for camp. And I think both was true. He was affected emotionally by something so tragic that I couldn't imagine what that's like for sure. At the same time, I don't think he came prepared for camp. Both can be true, and they could be separated when analyzing who Jalen Rager is and the fact that he's been underwhelming to this point in his short-lived NFL career. Things can absolutely change, though, for sure. Okay, some other guys to point out. Milton Williams had a beautiful play with Ty McGill, pressure from the defensive line. Milton Williams is turning a lot of heads, and it seems that he's playing with some power, and he's playing with some emphasis for sure. Love that third-round pick. You tried the Sharif Millers in the past. Hell, you tried the uh, Gerard. Why is that sound? Was is it Gerard Avery or Gerard Avery? Why is Gerard no not Gerard? What am I saying? Joe Girardi? What's happening in my brain right now? I have no idea. It's super late. I had a long day. I was at the Phillies game. The sun was beaming on my face. It was like 108 degrees out there. It felt like I was I was melting just watching nine innings of baseball. Gennard Avery is his name, and it's almost as if you know you you think about those picks. Well, maybe you can make up for it when you land a Milton Williams. You can. Pop 
possibly play a really nice role in a rotation that's very deep. That's what's so beautiful about this team when you think about the trenches, specifically on that defensive side. You have your Fletcher Cox. You have your Hargrave, who was mowing through guys as well. He seemed to cause a lot of ruckus out there, and that's definitely important. Remember, last year, he was battling injuries early, and then it took him a bit to, to find his groove. When he finally did, you know, it was a decent chunk into the season. Now, maybe right from the start, bang, you got yourself a healthy Hargrave. We know what Brandon Graham brings to the table. You have your Josh Sweat. If you can add a Milton Williams in there as sort of a, a, a super late rotational piece, uh, that is pretty crazy. I didn't even mention Derek Barnett as well. So there's just a lot of heads being turned by Milton Williams. Had a batted ball in there. So that absolutely was uh, was something to notice. Tyree Jackson, 2 for 32. A dude who was a quarterback who turned tight end. Another guy who everyone's wide eye when you witness what he can do. You know, he's high point in the football. He's stretching out insanely. He's making plays. Joe Flacco's putting it in an area where the defender can't grab it. He's leaping up perfectly, executing a, a fantastic catch. Did that a couple times. There was another play that he made that unfortunately did not stick to his stat sheet due to the fact that there was a flag on the play, but he is constantly making plays, and I think he's going to make the team and have some sort of role, some sort of role as a third tight end maybe, something along those lines. Although Rodgers is out there blocking and creating separation, doing the little things right. He's a big dude, though, this man in Tyree Jackson. There's something there. There's untapped raw potential that you got to start prying out of him because he's absurd. There's something in that body frame and there's something in that skill set. I'm telling you, he's got that look. There's something to him. There's something to this physical beast that you are watching. How you create it and how you mold him, well, that's up to you. There's so many different ways to approach this, right? It's sort of a Jordan Maialata type of concept. He could have played any position you wanted him to. Now, ultimately, he's going to be your left tackle of the future. He's that damn solid. But if you wanted to line him up on the defensive side, if you wanted him to be a fullback, if you wanted him to be whatever, you could have made Maialata anything you wanted to and he probably would have excelled in that role he would have to form into a body structure that made sense for what you were trying to do but he's that much of an athlete to a degree there's something in this Tyree Jackson fella that you can mold into a a, a serious nice piece a nice item it's just about the work that it takes it doesn't happen overnight but come on now when you watch him you, you sense that there's some legitimacy to that. Jake Elliott, after last season, was a bit of a disaster. Nobody's denying that at all. Jake Elliott went three for three. He had two 47-yard field goals and 150. Might sound stupid. Why the hell are you talking about special teams? Well, because he missed some last year, and he missed some important kicks. And you're under contract with Jake Elliott because of the season that he had when he was on, when he was the guy, when he was the man. Having Jake Elliott crush 50 and 247s right right off the bat. We got to have that, fellas. We can't downplay that. You want to downplay Nick Mullins? <laughs> oh, jeez. Nick Mullins. What in the world was that? Interception on the first throw. Was there a bad route involved? Sure. Was there a little bit of discomfort involved by Nick Mullins? Maybe. I can't rule that out. But still. Sheesh. While Joe Flacco looked like a journeyman quarterback, 
who's at the Joe Flacco level of his career, which is fine. That's what you need. That's the role that you were looking for when you signed Joe Flacco, and he looked exactly every single piece of the Joe Flacco veteran quarterback that you signed. Before we close things out here and just give my final thoughts, I do need to tell you about my friends over at DraftKings. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on college football game. Take advantage of this limited time right now. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code BROADS to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code BROADS to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we did not see any bit of Miles Sanders. We saw Jordan Howard have a fantastic blitz pickup where he was putting everything and everything into that bad boy. He's cracking guys, creating some separation for Jalen Hurts to have more time behind him. That was phenomenal. It's a very crowded room in that running back spot. So I'm so curious with Johnson, with Jordan Howard. We know Miles Sanders is there. Boston Scott. Uh, you have the uh, the draft pick Gainwell. So there's a lot there for some of these running backs. And you're going to have to win out this job. And there is some serious, healthy competition by a lot of guys that bring versatility, right? Like, uh, not every guy can do everything. My, my point is, when you think of all of these players that are fighting, Everyone does something different. There's something unique about who they are and their style of play. Is Miles Sanders a three-down back, though? It all goes back to that question. Is he ready for that leap? Part of the Miles Sanders experience, in my eyes, is going to be frustrating fumbles and missed passes. I don't don't think it's for a lack of trying. It's not a Ben Simmons thing with the inability to catch the football. But when we look at Miles Sanders and we think about who he's going to be after 10 years down the road, it's probably he's not the best catcher of the football and he has fumbling issues. But he can also counter that with a 90-yard run to the house. And Nick Sirianni just has to stay true to running the football. And I've seen the Indianapolis Colts do that with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. And knowing that he's from the Frank Reich tree, there is substance in that area. So with Miles Sanders, he's going to give you four, three, two, four, five, bang, 50. Stick with Miles Sanders. Stick with with the run. The only way it gets so egregious and it gets so ugly that you can't continue to 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 uh, thread the needle, if you will, and to give him the rock is if it's a game where he's fumbling two times, he's fumbling two drives in a row, he's making a lot of mistakes, a lot of mental mistakes and physical mistakes. Okay, if it gets to that egregious level. But there was a time, if you remember, under the Doug Peterson era where that happened with Miles Anderson, what did they do? Hey, you're our guy. Hey, you're our running back. Here's the football, and they trusted him. So just something to keep your your eye on is the running back room and what are the decisions made as we look at the rosters and the roster decisions moving forward. What else happened out there? Singleton buzzing around. McPherson, I mentioned. Rager had that nice route to the sideline. That's basically it for today's effort. It was nice to see football. It was nice to see fans at the link. Um, 
you know, we were we were robbed of that last season, a real true NFL experience with a wild fan base going nuts. I'm excited. You know, I think I needed this game to help us get back on the right track emotionally with the Eagles. It's been a bit of time. We haven't seen in-game action. There's a lot of question marks about Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon. We're not going to get a lot of X and O details based off of all this. But I will say, you know, the Phillies were on a hot ride. But we know the Eagles are number one in this town. And there was a bit of a dead talking point with the Birds. Maybe this is what creates that new energy. When I'm on the radio on the weekends, I'll throw an Eagles topic out there to see if it bites, yet people are still biting on Ben Simmons and still biting on the Phillies over the Eagles. It's just seeing one game where now we have more to go off of instead of just beat reporters who are on the sidelines taking video footage of a throw that happens in practice. Now there was an actual structured football game to go off of things, right? You watch the offensive line, which dominated when they were out there. It did not dom their 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 trenches in general started to fall apart big time as we touched the second half. As we touched that fourth quarter, there were some really ugly drives defensively. These third stringers were just out to lunch. I don't think they looked at the playbook for one second. They were getting lost, looking around, making uh, missing tackles, making mental mistakes nonstop. Early though, you know, you saw Brandon Brooks get out there. A dude that we're going to rely on heavily. No Isaac Sayamalo at left guard. You went Opeta instead. You know, you're looking at some of these role players on the offensive line. So it's not as if you're full throttle in certain scenarios, but it's enough. It's enough to just have a taste, and it's enough to say what what you wanted to see in Jalen Hurts and what you wanted to see in Nick Sirianni and how the offense would move the ball and in Quez Watkins, who is clearly, you know, someone that is recognized by a lot and someone who's going to have so much damn speed. He has the ability to break some plays open and they can get real creative with some of these looks and with some of these end arounds. And we talked all the time about Doug Peterson, the lack of 2021 offense, a lack of offensive creativity. There's so much speed here, even with Jalen Rager, who I know struggles one-on-one beating defenders. There's still a way to utilize what he can do. Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith. This is all without Devontae Smith as well. This is all without running the football and Miles Sanders too. Once things start to form together, there's something here to, to have plays be successful, to have chunk plays, to have good good offense and a good showing on Sundays. That is very possible with a new innovative offensive concept and idea. How about that, Doug? How about that, Doug? If you're listening. And that's where we're going to shut things down. I want to thank everybody so much for hanging out listening to this episode of Sports Talker Broads. And I will see you next time.